Welcome to OK Video, coming to you from Calgary, Alberta. My wife's favorite instant soup brand is Indomie. However, there was a period of about six months where we were convinced they discontinued her favorite flavor, chicken curry. Then, as though nothing had happened, it was suddenly back on the shelves. Something must have happened. Did they subtly change the recipe in the interim? I can't eat the stuff anyway because the sodium content is through the roof, but I'm happy here comfort food is available again and back in stores. I'm Nathan Rohr, and I once put teriyaki sauce and some Ichiban, thus making an already salty soup way saltier. I'm joined, as always, by Ryan McCullough. Hey there, Ryan here. Um, <clears throat> We are not big. Ashley's really, really allergic to MSG. So oh, yeah. She doesn't, and I, I have no problems with MSG, but she, like, and she loves MSG. Like, Ichiban and is, like, one of her favorite soups. But it causes Ichiban her, was my brand for sure, yeah. Uh, but it causes her could. deep physical issues, so she can't. I won't allow her to have it because it just like wrecks her. No, life this is for bad days. for you. So yeah. she, so I just she remember loves it. when I when I did that, I like basically was like, I feel gross. I have to stay up, and I ended up watching like a Maria Bamford comedy special and drinking a bunch of water and just oh, like sure. trying to desalinate or something. Like I I screwed up. Was this? Uh, when was this in the process of your kidney stuff? Uh, before I think we knew stuff, so who knows? Like right before though, like pretty close to before. We lived upstairs still. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um. Oh. Yeah, because I would say like, <clears throat> I can ha- I can still handy handle super salty things, but I drink three to four liters of water a day, every day, so I'm like, not having the same like gross feeling when I have salty stuff because I'm, but my, my water intakes more to do with my, my gut issues. So it helps me to, uh, you know, move things along, keep things moisturized. Um, yeah. So four liters a day up. Yeah. Three or four liters. Three is the minimum. Typically I try to go for four. Okay. Um, that sounds like a lot, but maybe I have different needs. I think they were saying I need to, watch out for too much yeah also. i could totally see why someone would need to watch out for too much i found that after i find that if i don't drink enough i have issues in my stomach like my gut i have a lot of bad feedback from my like lack of gallbladder mm. and then i have problems on the other end um so i just find like the more i drank the better i felt about everything and my heartburn went away like i used to have really bad heartburn and then oh, okay. I started drinking more water, and I'd stopped having heartburn ever. I guess I'm lucky that, like, my mom would always have heartburn. Uh, I don't know that I inherited this specific trait, so I'm happy I didn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it would really scare her sometimes because it's, like, over her heart region. Yes. So she'd, like, be like, I, this could be the big one. Like, this could be a, a real cardiac yeah. problem. I mean, it's and always it's like, your heart no, region. No, it's, it, you had too much acid. Yeah, I just had too much stuff. acid in my stomach. I just yeah. wouldn't, like, there would be a time in my life where I had a Zantac every single day before we learned that Zantacs were carcinogens. Wow. Um, and now they're not fun. available. But I would have one every single day because I was like, I, I can't sleep at night without a Zantac. So, because mm. I would just wake up, like, dying and having an asthma attack and all the bad stuff. So, anyways, uh, our favorite soups are, like, we're a chicken noodle soup people. Like, we're... Uh, Lipton or what are you like homemade we make like Ashley makes turkeys and chickens and then she makes bone broths out of it and then yeah we make I just ran out of bones recently I've been doing that too 
So we're big um, uh, chicken base and tomato based soup people is our big go to for soup. Like tomato as in tomato soup, or there's always a red. Oh, sometimes tomato soup. I just made tomato soups. bisque for the first time a few months ago. I worked out really well. But uh, what I mean is like a tomato vegetable soup type of thing, like a sure, sure. base, a, like a, a hamburger or a, just a vegetable soup type of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I'd actually just made a bisque for the first time a few months ago and it worked out really well. It's like super easy to make and actually it's pretty low in sodium. So I should probably tell you about it. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, if you if you do it yourself, you can always cut down way more than Campbell. I know, but I mean, like, uh, it's like... <laughs> but- it was already like I was surprised, but like I didn't cut anything down, and it was not a it's not a salty soup. Because what you do is you roast a bunch of vegetables until like the they get really browned, and then you blend it with some spices and some cream, and then you have a soup. Okay, blend in hot stuff, hey? Yeah. yeah. Like I've done that once when I was trying to make a carrot soup recipe. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did. I just didn't turn out as good as the restaurant I was trying to copy. Oh, sure. <laughs> so okay. whatever. Sure. Just like, wow, this color is weird. Yeah, like, the color. I would never serve this to depends, someone. It depends because it really just, like, just depends upon. for you. Like for me, ours was a lot lighter than I liked, but it's because I was like, oh, the tomatoes weren't as red as like maybe I could have got super red tomatoes and then they would have been really red soup. There but... was this weird rumor I was hearing recently that like tomatoes from Costco were like dyed. Like they were extra red, well, like injected you, okay. or something. So there's yeah. this is a thing. Apples at at all grocery stores are waxed. Okay. Because a real apple isn't appealing looking enough, so they wax it to give it that like shine color, that sheen, to that give it that really like to. really bright color. Because otherwise, all of our fruits and vegetables would kind of look dull looking, and people are like, "This isn't good. Why do you have all the bad produce out?" And it's like. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Here, we'll lie to you then. Make it look more like well, the TV. That's why, like, did you, before No Frills started doing it, people would throw away ugly vegetables because they're like, nobody wants this, like, carrot that's, like, comes out at two points at the end because that's gross. Uh, I, I still don't see carrots like that. I swear the baby carrot industry has addressed the weird carrots problem oh, and sure. made them uniform in a factory somewhere. Oh, 100%. And, then but, charge well, more for If you them. go to No Frills, No Frills always gets all those the reject vegetables. And you oh, can go to sweet. Really cheap. Um, okay. And that's, that's like we I grew up on like a farm, so we had a big garden. Yeah. And yeah, we get the we would love the zaniest looking carrots. Like, oh it looks like pants or something. Yeah. Like it's it was more fun. But people so, like great. there's just like grocery stores couldn't sell it, so they stopped carrying it and yeah. But tomatoes, yeah, I could I've heard I wouldn't not be surprised if tomatoes were dyed. I actually think carrots are dyed because I'll eat a carrot and my tongue will be bright orange. And I'm like, what? It's like I eat a popsicle, but I'm eating a <laughs> carrot and my tongue is bright orange. And I'm like, they must have like, in my mind, it's like they dyed this so that it would look more orange because it might be like more of a yellow color or something because of the process they grow it now. I guess so. Anyways, yeah. it's fine. Or you could charge like, oh, artisanal, like wild carrots and then charge more money. That's it. Like, yeah, it's like purple. What they do. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm Ryan. We're not a food show, but we are a movie show. And this is Nathan. We aren't, but uh, sodium has become the theme of uh, <laughs> this this There's month's a lot of, there's a lot of life things to talk about. Just on the mind. Uh, this week marks the end of our Ladies' Choice batch of films. Each of us has assembled two lists so as not to add some extra conflict to the proceedings. Uh, I think we shall count both lists up from four 
yep. to one, and Ryan is going to kick us off because I did the Western kickoff last time. Sure, and I'm kicking things off with Brittany. Right, because we started the batch with a, a Brittany film, we decided to do it that way. Okay. Uh, so okay. We'll so alternate. my number four from Brittany's four films, <clears throat> yes, uh, is Death Becomes Her. Okay, I... that's a surprising. Actually, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty baffled by that, but yeah. Uh, okay. No, I mean it's. I think it's the only one you expressly said I didn't really like this. Well, so, no, there's actually yeah. has one I explicitly said like this wasn't a good. You were actually more positive on that episode too. Um, it's true yeah 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 uh what was it about it like there's so many good things about it that i don't know why the whole thing doesn't click with me but i feel like it seems light and inconsequential and that style of like tales from the crypt like really short form like morality lessons about life just don't always catch me especially in like the 90s version of it and this felt like a 90 minute tales from the crypt episode yeah which is what i like about it no but, I, uh... I know that's why you like about it for sure uh but like you and i just have never agreed on anthology specifically tales from the crypt i've never been a big fan and you oh yeah have whereas been... i was like i gotta buy these because i can't get it subscription anywhere yeah. like that's not on their hbo back catalog for some reason it's uh, yeah that's... so yeah um dvds but there's lots of good stuff like bruce willis is it's good to see him just fully comedy like full comedy chops uh meryl streep is always a delight so there's just a lot of good things to it the special effects are good but it's just like it's a movie i've never enjoyed the process of watching like i always feel the time passing when i watch that movie which is the, always a sign for me of like I'm not enjoying myself because I feel the sure. Even if you're going like, ugh, what, what, where are we at here? Oh no, yeah, yeah, that's not so, a good I mean, sensation. So yeah, yeah, but it's I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a bad movie. It's just for whatever reason it doesn't fly with me. I just have never really enjoyed it, and I've tried now enough times. I think I'm just can be good. I just don't need to try again. Like I'm good probably. Okay. But, so wait, I guess the way we should do it is then I reveal my fourth Britney movie? Yes. <laughs> okay. Or else it would be like too many alternatings or like Yeah, I think two we, go, movies. we go Britney 4, Ashley 4, Britney 3, Ashley 3, Britney 2, Ashley 2, up to the top. To the next. Okay, so. okay. Uh, so my number four from my wife Britney's list of films was uh, E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Uh, it's it's just not really our vibe no whatever like i liked all of these movies yeah, that's what but I mean. like, this is the i easiest... kind of was judging like how well was this movie night like experience and that one i was kind of falling asleep we watched it on a laser disc with kind of dodgy audio quality i didn't help things sure. really okay uh but it's also it doesn't really fit uh the pattern of britney's choices here this one was like a childhood favorite, not like an adult favorite. Sure. So I feel okay kind of being like, yeah, this doesn't seem like core to who Britney is now. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you making this list based upon Britney? You, like how much Britney? I love my wife. Yeah, that's how I – no, no. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, wait, because I'm not, I'm not taking my wife's op- opinion in, in like – at all in my ranking of no no this one was always number four because it just wasn't as fun like uh, this in any way if in some ways it diminished a little bit this time because i was noticing the special effects like jankiness here and there yeah 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 uh i was 
coming like combining it with the Fableman's viewing experience. So I was kind of thinking too much about it or whatever. I didn't get taken away. Yeah. Uh, okay. I do remember that. The right way. I was really analyzing it. I wasn't like enjoying yeah. the time. I, right, I, so. I do remember that. I mean, I remember saying in that episode though, like, and it still stands to this day that ET will win this entire batch. Like if we were to rank all eight of them, ET is, is my peak of the mountain. Oh, okay. So. I, I mean, I, no but yeah sure that's that's fair yeah um, but i i also if, had similar experiences that she that your wife had as a kid like it that movie mattered to me as a child so it still matters to me as an adult now too yeah yeah so i i don't really want to like diss it in any way yeah. it just wasn't wasn't popping well, I mean, on the screen I, the way i wanted so it's to be yeah. fair these are only a four like in the in past rankings we've liked like seven out of the eight movies just because it's last, yeah, I, it's, I liked all of all of Britney Spears. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, just because it's yeah. last doesn't mean you didn't like it. it. It's just not the top three. Like, it's this is like the one that just made it out of the top three for you, is essentially. I guess so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So no, no need to elaborate right now. Uh. So that's where I went with number four. Okay. On that half. Yeah. Uh. So for number four for Ashley was the one movie in the entire batch I actively didn't like, uh, and it's Pure Luck. I did not have a good time with Pure Luck. I was like pretty, pretty grumpy watching that movie. Uh, And it was just like not a fun time. And I feel bad for my wife because she had to like laugh and I had to be like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And then I was just like, but this is not good. This is not good, actually. (laughs) Like that thing that just happened was actually bad. Yeah. Uh, Like I I just, I did not enjoy Pure Luck. I. I tried to grab onto things. I like aspects of it. Like I like Martin Short as on in abstract, but maybe I don't like Martin Short in film. Like maybe his film stuff is actually the worst stuff that he's ever done. Maybe check out Inner Space. Uh, okay. Grade eight, Nathan thought that was pretty No, and that's funny. that's fair. But I mean, I'm trying to think of like his starring roles. Like his like vehicles seem to be like the worst Martin Short's material out there. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. He, he was a fun supporting bit in Inherent Vice. I was really happy with him there, but oh, yeah. he's not the star of that movie. Uh, right. So yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, should this he is, have been though? This Maybe. is out of the eight movies, the only movie I actively dislike. The rest of them, I, 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 one I didn't have a great time with, and the rest I like. So this is the only negative experience I had in this batch. Okay. So, yeah. Um. So my number four for Ashley was she's all that. It's just a bad genre of films, and I'm glad it's over. Uh, I'm glad we can't make movies like this anymore. Uh, well, so, we yeah. do. We do make movies like this anymore. You just you just continue to ignore them. I continue to ignore them. Yeah, this this was the canary died in my coal mine and said no. There's just poison down here. Yeah, I yeah. can't go down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I was grumpy watching this movie. I was checking my watch during this one, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, there there was too little for me to grasp onto. Like, there's a little bit of Matthew Lillard in there, just yeah. a little bit. Uh, there is Kevin Pollock, who I sometimes like, but he's just kind of him being so checked out wasn't fun to me. Sure. So I was like, wow, what a bad dad! <laughs> what a what a terrible his his parent. his version of mourning is to just shut down and ignore everybody. I didn't enjoy... yeah like there's that bit where he's just like sitting at the table watching TV and then like six people are in his house cleaning and stuff yeah. and he eventually realizes there's a bunch of strangers in his home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
wow, this guy has like no survival instincts. Like he's <laughs> he doesn't die. But I mean, I to be fair, I did enjoy the Jeopardy sequence though of him just like botching every single Jeopardy Fully question so terribly, all the way wrong. Yeah. St- like D uh, non-alcoholic wine. <laughs> no, what? Like Billy Welch or whatever? Of course, it's grape juice. Yeah, apparently that's like a bit he was continuing with. Like that's that the trivia was quick to point out. Like, oh, this is not the first time Kevin Pollock has done this bit. It's okay. Like, oh, okay. I don't yeah. know. Sure. He likes this absent-minded Jeopardy, like bad at Jeopardy guy character. Bad at Jeopardy okay. person. Which, no, and that's, sure. I, honestly going into the she's all that. I kind of knew you were just gonna like hate everything, like hate your life for a bit. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I kind of like I was saying, I combed through like movies I like, and it's it always needs some other things. So where like the love story is kind of the back burner. Yeah, like it's like, oh yeah, Andy McDowell is and Bill Murray are gonna get together. It's like who cares? There's this time loop going on in Groundhog Day. That's what's <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Andy McDowell's here, sure. Whatever. So like, and that's why like Palm Springs is doable because it's about them in this time loop so you're like oh yeah and i i actually thought they had some fun chemistry too sure. those two i i didn't feel there was good chemistry here there's like a scene in oh, she's no. all that that's like supposed to be them like actually connecting yeah. and i was like i'll take your word for it, man this isn't this isn't working <laughs> no 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 so... it, you're right it, but it's and for me it all comes down to freddie prince jr's inability to act but like for me that's and yeah the... i didn't really want to be mean to him but yeah he's, he's oh he not. there is a time where he could i don't know if he can still act he in real life pr- turns out to be a pretty chill dude but that doesn't mean i can sit back and be like yeah but that guy's a great actor now because i like him right it's actually funny since we talked about it i looked at, looked into some things and it's like both of these people went on to become like video game voice actors okay like, so and like, so rachel uh, lee cook did that too rachel lee cook was the voice of like tifa in the final fantasy universe for like a decade oh okay like she's in a bunch of stuff it's yeah. just like oh cool i guess like i'm glad they're getting gigs well and... my big rachel lee cook movie was josie and the pussycats which is a movie i genuinely like a friend of mine in like junior high loved that movie yeah. and he, he loved it so fervently that I've never been able to dismiss it as like, like I will probably watch it someday. Okay. Good. Like Cause honestly of, it's like, a pretty funny satire with some pretty fun pop punk music vibe to it. Yeah. It's, I'm, it's I'm pretty, it's pretty that. silly fun time and Rosario's there the whole time and she's pretty great. So I, I, so I quite like Archie it. comics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, loose yeah. Alan Cummings is the bad guy and that's also great. It's that does sound great. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty good at doing that. Uh, uh but yeah, so yeah, this is good. It's camp. like, there was things around this movie that was like, I'd rather watch this or this or this, something that has a little more meat on the bone. Sure. Then this is like the, this pure something. romantic comedy thing. Like low concept. Yes. Like just a dude and a girl are going to gradually, like get together yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Ugh, yeah. okay yeah. so yeah not yeah. my bag 100 percent. i think yeah. this might actually we said this in the western batch but i think this might be the most different our lists might be uh i think they're short enough lists that it's it's hard to they won't seem that dramatic i know i <laughs> only like, think there's gonna oh, be I put one this at number two and in, in number four you know i know but i'm saying like i think there's only gonna be one movie that we like that is in the same spot that we're gonna agree on this entire Probably. thing and yeah. I think you know which one I'm talking about, so. I, I think I do, but um, we won't spoil that. No, we won't. Mo- moving up. Okay, so we're done the number fours for the wives. Now we'll move on to Britney's number three. Um, yeah. This is where, and I was surprised about this, because going into this batch, I would have not put this here. 
Uh, this is where Beetlejuice landed for me. Um, this is where Beetlejuice landed for me too. Awesome, actually. Hey, so that yeah. works out really well. I, I mean, I really like Beetlejuice, and that but, makes me a little sad because yeah. it makes me realize like, oh, you like Death Becomes Her that much more. I just, I think I'm under. I just I had think, a really fun night with like I, the whole point of this was like let's have some fun movie yeah, nights exactly. with our partners. So I had a really fun time watching with, with that movie that certain night. movies okay. with my wife versus others like we're. You know, there's a business trip coming up, so she's a little not in a great spot or something. Or something, like, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Extracurricular factors. Like, we we Were Soldiers was a movie we felt like we had to fit in. We were just like, all right, we got to get this movie out of the way type of thing. and Get this drama. Yeah. This war drama. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Beetlejuice, it, it, honestly, this, like, I said this in their podcast last week, two weeks ago. Um, I It's grown on me as I've, as I've watched it more and more times. Like, I, I, I had that weird interaction with it when i was a kid having this like idea what beetlejuice was then watching the movie and it being like different like it's kind of like thinking the searcher is going to have this mind-bending ending <laughs> and then it doesn't yeah but know? in a less significant in a film standard type of way sure yeah <laughs> but um <laughs> it's like oh lydia and beetlejuice are gonna ham it up and have adventures and yeah. like, that's not really what this was ever about um, so but it, it does grow on me there's definitely things i like more and more about it um it is like it's like one of the peak of the mountain Tim Burton movies. Like if you're gonna recommend, like what is Tim Burton about to somebody who's never heard of him before? It's like you go down to, it's gonna be Edward Scissorhand and maybe this is the other one. Like these are the two yeah. movies, yeah, that like get his essence yeah. like wrapped up in one film. Uh, Edward Scissorhands was honestly like the alternate for this movie on Britney's list. It's just we feel that movie is like a holiday season, Christmassy kind of movie to gotcha. us. Yeah. So we missed the window. Like missed it wouldn't window. have. Fit, so you would have really. been. It would have felt pushed to see it in like February. It would have been like a. a it's just it. not. It's time to shine. Sure. Kind of thing. I think is what we realized. So we we put this here, um, and I like it just because it kind of. Uh, yielded a treasure trove of like gothic horror stuff i like yeah uh but on its own it, it's it's just it's it's good it's just kind of slight and short and yeah you get a little splash of some stuff and then it's over like it was it was a fun night and like but, harry, uh, like harry belafonte music is just a good time so yeah. like it being like front and center for a lot of sequences it's just like oh this is just nice like this mm-hmm. is just nice um, yeah, so it's not like a barely made bronze medal or anything. It was no, just, no. it was purely grading just the quality of our hangout that time, sure, uh, and how it hit this time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was still a lot to enjoy, so I don't want to make. It oh no, no. I, I mean, and it's yeah. important to say, like, I think at this point, me forward everything I've enjoyed right now is I'm at that point where I can say I've enjoyed everything. So. It's not number one, but that's like I have reasons why it's not number one, but it doesn't mean it's. And then number two, I have reasons for it too. But, um, yeah, I I I just enjoyed it. I thought there was a lot of fun things to have, because uh, unlike Edward Scissorhands, which can be pretty, like melodramatic, dramatic, heavy at times. Yeah, I guess. Um, I I really love the the kind of storybook big emotions that it's about but sure it's, but it's yeah. just like it's that's not what this movie is going for at all no and it does kind not, of lend itself. not really the, there's that like one moment where the ritual is starting to go bad that i feel is in that like space of 
emotions and weirdness. When Jim Davis is uh, like evaporating is kind to of nothing, eroding or yeah. whatever, and there's there's a lot going on there, but it's like fleeting seconds of that tone. Whereas yeah, where the like, Edward's Edward hands invests in yeah, Scissor's yeah. hand is like a, a film lengths worth of like that feeling of of like unrealized potential and like. And uh, just just really the creator scene with like Vincent Price or whatever when he dies sure. is just like like Elfman's killing it like it just has all sorts of things going on sure. like that movie would probably rank higher if we had if we had that on the list but, gotcha yeah okay but generally Britney's a big Tim Burton fan so this is just kind of like uh, up to a point I cannot convince her to rewatch Big Eyes with me I don't know what's going on like I, I keep pitching it and she's like no what that's like a drama it's not fun it's like alright I guess I mean, so I'll, I'll probably watch I'm, that I think myself. I'm with Brittany on this that like I also I, can, I can't even convince myself to watch it for the first time because I thought it was okay and it's the screenwriters of Ed Wood you know it's it's got things I like I want to look at it again but okay. I, know, I, I remember you liking a... it in the first place and I remember just like Watching a trailer and being like, "This looks just not." Uh, Burton was getting a lot of flack at that point because of uh, the Alice in Wonderland and stuff. Yes, like he was, he was, he was to sell being out very hard. Disney. But this was still before Dumbo, where I completely jumped off the train because uh, I was Dumbo, like, "Dumbo was a true letdown." But I, I held a candle for like Miss Peregrines and stuff. Yeah, like, I was still finding I, ways to enjoy. Though his, I thought, I thought Alice was pretty lazy. I enjoyed a purple dragon breathing lightning. Like that was voiced by like Christopher Lee or something. Yeah. Right? Like I was the like Jabberwocky. Jabberwocky was like, that was cool. So I was it's still I was, a quality idea. And then like, so rarely do you get to see Crispin Glover on a gigantic screen ever. Yes. Cause that guy's so weird. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad that happened. That's what I mean. So like, I mean, yeah. I didn't dislike, I think I was just, I think what it is, I, I've never loved big fish. Like other people seem to have loved big fish Yeah. and big eyes gave me that type of vibe of like surrealism but i know it's not i think i know it's more historical but it just gave me that like it's more him shooting straight and less him being eccentric yeah it's kind of this like artists feuding or whatever like this marriage yeah. the, there's yeah but and anyways uh, back not to movies we watch so yeah so beetlejuice <laughs> is my third britney pick and yours is 12 so we move on yeah. to to third so back on, Brit- on Ashley. shot around yeah. Uh, this is where We Were Soldiers lands for me. At number three? At number three, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Because I, similar to you, I had a better time watching the other two movies that are above it. One of them I do love more. Yeah, just like a more, yeah, I mean, it's not a positively charged movie. But it was more, way. you're right, but it was more like, I think... I was mentally prepared going into this type of a movie and being okay with that. But I think we just felt, I think we had a busy weekend or something and it felt like we had to like get it in. And normally when we have a busy weekend, I just watch the movie by myself. And yeah. then, but this is not the point, right? The point is to watch it with Ashley. It's her movies, but we felt like we had to like put it in. And then it felt like it was kind of like something we tagged onto this day. So it wasn't like we weren't mentally into it. Mm. And so I didn't feel like wrapped up into it this time. Like I had in previous times, um, so that I but I I can't really fault that to the movie. I was like a hundred percent. This is on me. I didn't prepare myself to watch this movie, so I I still like it. I just this time wasn't like as much fun or as sure. like as memorable. Like you said with your experiences, like it just wasn't the right vibe that night type of thing. So okay, yeah. So 
but still good things. Like I, I, I like. I this movie's really violent for a, for a movie that feels like should be PG, but then has like really violent scenes. It just feels yeah. weird because it it's like. The, it, it really does have almost like a '50s mentality in terms of what people are like saying to each other, yeah. but then like post, uh, like Sam Private Ryan, hard R violence, like yeah, people's wartime throats exploding and violence, stuff. like yeah, and it's just like, but it feels and it, that feels so anachronistic to me, like like this, not even that's not the word I'm looking for. It feels like what's the word where it's like it doesn't fit, like the violence incongruous seem, or something. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it fits. Because of this, like, gosh, gee, shucks world they created before they went to war. And then all of a sudden they go to war and it's, like, brutal. And I'm like, but I think he did that on purpose. So, anyways, I like it. It's just, yeah, I mean, my, my thing with it was there's, like, some weird amateur decisions, and that <laughs> might be one of them. Like, it's just, like, these are weird, like, rookie filmmaker mistakes, kind of, but yeah. it's kind of neat to see them on this big a scale or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, but... it's, like, it's, if if he had gone to film school, it's, like, the first year film school project, and then the teacher being, like, oh, like, he's so tired of these, like, shadow montage scenes, but he's like, but, something. The, but yeah, the guy won't like, grow out of it. But <laughs> Randall didn't go to film school, so he got to experiment on like a big screen. On the big stage or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah, not really the greatest place to experiment, but it was interesting. So I, I <laughs> We, we like don't that. see that much, but that's because they, they really try to like, you know, not have that get, happen. Get some flight, flight miles under your belt before you take to the sky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> whatever, yeah. So, like get some practice in. Um. Anyway, uh, okay, so that's my number three. Uh, yeah, for number Ashley. three going down to the, the other list here is Pure Luck. This is where I put it. Um, also not a great experience, <laughs> but I had more quarter for it, I guess, because it was a formula I believe in. Is the sure. is the buddies like the two like the unlikely mismatched, friends type of thing? Unlikely friends yeah. on a road trip or something that has rich potential. We've literally uh, done a batch about like, like, uh, buddy cop movies. Like we did like buddy cops. Yeah, I was able to handle a bunch of buddy cops. This is kind of like that. Investigators uh, patched like matched together to solve a mystery but really not really a mystery (laughs) like just kind of where is this kidnapped person follow the trail of tears and we'll find it yeah uh which was weird but i at least occasionally got a like "Eh," out of it or something (laughs) so yeah see i didn't even Uh, get a out of it i remember in the podcast we were talking about this the only positive thing i could say about this movie wasn't even about this movie. It was like, I'm okay with Ashley liking, like it makes sense. Cause I like similarly terrible movies that the world's like, this is garbage, Ryan. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it's but- no, it's no big fat liar for me. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, there's no <laughs> like-, like mediocre film. Like I was trying to think of what my best example was. And I was like, in recent years, I had a really good time with bloodshot. Like that bad Vin Diesel movie that that broke. Oh, that like I went... was wondering if it was that Vin Diesel has superpowers. I never saw it. I just yeah, because the, the pandemic happened. So why would you see it? Because it came out the yeah. week of the pandemic. Um, and I saw it, and I was like, man, this is kind of fun, but in a really bad way. Like the way I like Triple X Return of Xander Cage as well. And mm-hmm. again, nobody likes that movie. So, and I liked it. So I'm like, hey, Ashley can like bad movies. That's okay. I like bad movies, and that's okay yeah so 
Anyways. All right. Silver medals. All right. Moving on to number two for Brittany. So this one, honestly, going into this entire batch, this is the one I was the most, most peak nervous about. The wild card. I was, because it just, it had a lot of working against it. Because it was just, there's, there's so many good things. I was like, oh, musical, 70s, quirky, a uh, lot of really fun things happening. But then there's just this, like, giant banner of doom that hung over the whole thing called Brian De Palma. And I was just so nervous about that banner. Turns out Creator I had a great time. Mission Impossible, one of the funnest yeah. 90s thrillers. Yeah, you're no, right. I know. I know. Uh, but so you, you've looked into his checkered earlier history a little more than I ever did with his murder mysteries. Sure. So I guess there was more reason for apprehension. Sure. I mean... I've probably seen a few other ones that you've seen as well that I just care. I hate more venomously, I think, than you do. Like Mission the, Mars. And- Mich- well, no, I don't. It's <laughs> not that one. It's the like Carlitos Way or Scarface or. I, yeah, I, I don't. I do not like Scarface. I haven't seen Carlitos Way. Oh, okay. Uh, so I guess, sure. Yeah, yeah. I just. And then like my apprehension or like apathy. Apathy is the best word for untouchables. And like it's. How you feel, oh man, what's the best way? I want you to think of 10% of how you feel about usual suspects with the world, thinking about it. Oh, sure. That's how, 10% of that is how I feel about Untouchables, where I watch it and I'm like, I don't get the big deal. I don't get why people are like, this is great. I can see how it's good. I don't know that many people say it's that great, but I don't know. Anyways. Like, sure. It's not a top 250. Like, it's not sitting up there in the top 30 movies somehow. Okay. Brian Singer. Sure. Criminal. (laughs) <laughs> that's fair anyway no, no, that's why i'm saying 10 percent. that's why i said 10 yeah, okay, it's not okay. it's not the levels of usual suspects that, that sorry i was trying to yeah wrap my mind around the dilution needed for yeah. my vitriol. I, and i was very i want to be very careful because i i also feel strongly about the way you feel about usual suspects uh, i just watch untouchables and i'm like i i don't get it guys like i don't get why this is great but anyways david mammon all that stuff but anyways phantom the phantom of the paradise is a blast like it's so much fun i had a mm. genuinely great time i loved it this is the one of two movies i hadn't seen out of this batch and i love this one like i had a, I had a great time like to the point where i'm considering paying for this like really expensive blu-ray to like have it in my collection which was like that doesn't happen often is it a shout factory thing or yeah, something it's the screen factory one yeah oh okay okay so yeah, great. Yeah, it's a hoot, man. It's a fun. It is. A fun it time. is a real fun time. Real fun time. Yeah. Uh so wait, what do I do next? You're doing her her medal, silver medalist. So number Brittany's... two of Brittany. Oh, okay. I guess I could have just said mine is also fan of the paradise. Then <laughs> I was trying to save that as like a reveal. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, yes, I also thought it was fun. I've seen it a bunch with Brittany. Uh, this is another kind of like how great was this movie night metric. Yeah. Uh, and it was pretty great, yeah. but we've, we've seen it a bunch. Uh, we kind of just throw this on sometimes. And this is one uh, where you went and saw with a crowd too. I've seen it in my life with a crowd, which helps in a, in a fun way too. That was probably a better, like memorable time watching yeah. it in a way. If it had been that, it probably would have ranked higher. Sure. Uh, but it's right up there. Uh, and it, again, kind of has, like, an extracurricular bent to it with, like, the Daft Punk f- stuff that helps me appreciate it more in some way. Yeah. Uh, and 
that one song at the beginning is still like the song for me though it's the it's the juicy fruit oh, the juicy fruits. okay their friend eddie i know i so good. i'm so happy you like that because as i'm watching that movie i'm like man this music is really good and then i hear like the main character be like this is garbage music and i'm like Oh, oh, this is the sound of yesterday or whatever. But it's like Paul Williams still wrote that song. <laughs> like still, he's not not trying. This is this it's is good, guys. I'm having a good time with this like throwback '50s jam right here. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it, that's that's the earworm from this movie for me that that sticks with me. So good. Yeah, yeah. I I'd be interested to see this one in a crowd. You had mentioned in the podcast that seeing you hadn't you went and saw Rocky with the crowd, but that was the first time you ever saw Rocky. Yeah, that's not the way to like intro watch ex- a movie be exposed to these jokes and stuff because it's just like this is weird like it's watch like, it at home i've first. never heard this gag yeah and this person's seen this gag 50 times so this gag isn't even funny anymore i need to do something funny to make this movie funny it's like i don't appreciate that sir what are we doing so he's like watch the movie at home first to then appreciate the in theater experience type of thing i guess so yeah yeah, yeah. okay uh, but it's, it's in that vein of like musical comedies from that era kind of thing. yeah it has, yeah it has a similar culty thing going on um uh, so yeah but yeah no so yeah phantom phantom's a great movie uh i guess so then my number two for ashley uh this is where she's all that landed for me uh, okay and that that's just because like well i mean a couple reasons i, I had a good time watching with her uh laughing and joking about the same stuff about like how terrible remember the 90s well and just and then how terrible and misogynistic and how deeply like unrelatable zach's character is like freddie prince jr's character is um yeah i found it really weird that they opted to make the sport of choice for those kids soccer i think i think this was like lee fleming jr like english why did this creep in here no i think this is the beginning of the trend where sport jocks weren't just like football players all the time I, I just assumed it would go football like because that's what I mean because that's the big butter. that's the big yeah. trend but I think because the OC shortly after this they made a water polo is their big Great. school sport <laughs> so I kind of think that's hey funny. it's an excuse to be shirtless in the show too and that's yeah and, and but it's also water pool jokes are like that's not relatable like if you want to make unrelatable like terrible jocks rich kid jokes <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like water polo. oh the water polo team yeah okay <laughs> um. Which I think is why they did it. But I think soccer was just, like, the beginning of, like, there can be other types of jocks, whatever your school might be good at. Like, if your school's good at soccer, then you were – that's the thing, right? Like, my high school was good at football. was not good at basketball. So, football people were, like, the people. Basketball the people were, like, yeah. the band geeks type of thing. Like, they were on the same level. Cause sure, like, sure. So, um, yeah, we both had a good time. This also has deep nostalgia for me. I – I like this like stupid, really terrible throwback nonsense movie that we got to watch, and this is like my guilty pleasure too from when I was a kid in the nineteen ninety nine watching it for the first time. So, I, I've always enjoyed this movie. I would never say, like it's one of my favorite movies. Like I don't own it, but I'm happy to watch it if that makes sense. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that was that's my number two. Uh, number two on Ashley's list is where I put We Were Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, like I mean, it's a it's a drama. It's a little heavy handed because it's that's its job, I guess. I did eventually get caught up in some of its choices with like the Barry Pepper narrator entering late and all those little things. 
the the photo montage student film kind of sliced in there that was kind of fun yeah uh and it it sort of was so sincere about itself that eventually i was kind of won over by how it was doing things like when all is said and done at the end of it when they're reflecting on the conflict i felt they had a decent attitude about it there wasn't like a hoorah we did it yeah it's not attitude. like uh it's not a wave wave flagging film like pro super it's not pro. a michael bay movie it's not yeah. pearl harbor which the same guy wrote yes uh, so yeah i almost wonder if like you put his words in his own hands if that movie would be better but who can say who can say oh sure yeah but, well that's what i mean like it's it's not pure americana and this movie's willing to reflect upon the consequences of everyone's actions i feel the morality of world war ii is a lot simpler for people too yes like it's like we had to fight the evil oh, forces michael of bay, Axis powers you know if michael bay had to make a vietnam movie i just think it would be a nightmare of a film yeah. because like unless yeah. he unless he found that like pain and gain vibe where he can be a little sinister and a little like sarcastic sure yeah but even then it, it would be a tricky balancing act like it could be him. appalling oh, yeah. pretty easily yeah, yeah. it would be a ter- <laughs> so. it probably would be a terrible movie because i he yeah. made that 13 hours movie which was about a bunch of american mercenaries having to like defend like pmc right like, like had, having to defend uh a, a, their private clients in a hostile area and i'm like oh cool so it's a bunch of americans with guns going to kill a bunch of like people who live there who aren't unhappy with you so you're the terrorists oh no but that's not the direction you went in you went on like these are heroes okay great yeah thanks michael bay dicey but <laughs> anyway uh um great yeah i i, I kind of found it like reasonably compelling at times had some fun music choice and stuff i think it's still kind of like an average war movie to me oh it's sure not one yep. of my favorites or anything yep. but it was at least a little differently flavored than a lot of vietnam stuff well like, and it doesn't have the same like we're focusing on the cynicism or sure. the how horrifying it was or whatever it's more just like hey we just gotta deal with this like and, we're in the middle of this thing and, and for ashley's fight. defense kind of similar to britney's like like uh edward scissorhands this wasn't her top choice either. Sure. It was Saving Private Ryan, but she wanted. I was like, we probably could shouldn't just have like this. The Spiel, Steven Spielberg, the batch. Secret Spielberg <laughs> Festival, and yeah. so I was like, hey, is there something else? And she's like, well, I also really like. She really likes this movie, but like she recognizes that to her, like Saving Private Ryan is better. So, um, yeah. So that was this was her like second choice when it came to this, but this she subcategory. Yeah, 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 exactly. So. All right, so gold medals. Gold medals coming up. Uh, so Britney's number one is probably my number one of the batch. We talked about this. It's ET for me. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Fourth shocker. best movie, but um, right. I this movie just kills me every time. I hear the music, I cry, I get welled up. I think about ET. This also kind of came on the back of like this weird December where for the last couple months before watching ET with this batch, I've been wanting to watch ET. And talking okay. about it at home. And to the point where, like, Ashley bought me this cool ornament of this, like, VHS clamshell with E.T. VHS tape in it. Like, a fake okay. one, but it's, a like, for Christmas. And then we, we like, you and I had had a talk about this batch just two days before Christmas or something like that. A few days before Christmas. And so it was just kind of, like, also a bit of happenstance. There's, like, serendipity. Yeah, like, it exactly. just synced up really well. And then watching it. Watch it. And getting caught up in all the feels that I 
wanted to feel and and like also just like as an adult now i appreciate henry thomas as an adult actor so going back and seeing him as a kid actor and bruce and same with drew barrymore and it, it was just it was just kind of like a magical night where i was like very happy to watch this movie and had a great time and it kicked it off and i was just like well this is it this is the peak of the mountain it's not like it's a bad downhill from here. But it's, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a nice nice stroll down this mountain from here. So, and that's fine. Because I, I just, yeah. I love E.T. Uh, and I, I think I've benefited from watching like the, the post-special edition version where he got rid of those extra scenes but left in some like polishing that he, I think, did uh, for those special effects. Because I remember in the episode we talked about uh some of the things you noticed around pet special effects that i wasn't noticing just kind of a stiffness to how his hands yeah work sometimes and i wasn't quite noticing that so i just yeah. think that like i wonder if i got a bit more of a polish to mine um being like the newer gray type of thing so yeah yeah as opposed to the 1988 laser disc which <laughs> is just right off the reel like yeah. <laughs> that's what it was back then so yeah 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 so that's that's where et lands for me it's actually. Peak. I was just so confused by that guy. I thought he was their dad. You know, I never got over that. The Peter like, Coyote. What a weird moment. Yeah. Okay. Like they cut to him in the van. It's like, what are they doing with this bit? Like, I don't understand. Was he supposed to be their dad in a sub story, and they cut it? Oh, but okay. I don't think that's true. No, I, just I don't think got it is. confused it's not when true. I was a kid watching it, and that like memory of feeling stupid like lingered sure. forever. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, this is that scene I misread when I was a kid. Like that's still a memory I gotcha. have. So gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So yeah. Et's and this is peak Spielberg for me. Like one of the top of the mountains. So because he has many mountain tops in my in his sure. Career. Yeah. This is just one of them. So okay, Brittany number one for you. Brittany number one. Uh, Spielberg prodigy. Uh, Robert Zemeckis. He can teach Steven a thing or two about fun. No, sorry. This is really aggressive. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed Death Becomes Her. Yeah. Uh, that is my number one. Uh, it was a really fun. I think it had been just long enough since Brittany and I had watched it where it was like it had that serendipity extra element of like, ah, perfect. Like we like watching this and it's about time. Yeah. Something. Yeah. So it had a little boost from that. Uh, and I like the whole notion that it's sort of a secret tales from the crypt episode. Yeah. Like yep. it has that going for it. It has the site, like slightly higher concept thing of like, Oh, there's just this network of dead celebrities in Beverly Hills, like staying alive forever <laughs> yes. with magic potions that Isabella Rossellini gives them. It's like, this is so funny. Like what a great dumb thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to think what we said was like wrong with it. <laughs> Like I, you I just said, don't, I don't see it that way. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say like, I don't think uh, from the episode I don't recall you. It was I remember. I remember. Like, th- I'm not checking my watch on this movie because I feel like it kind of hands the baton between the players. Like at yeah, that's right. Points. You were saying so how you get, it feels you like your goldie up section. front, but we're also still like establishing the premise and the time frame and everything. Yeah. And then Meryl's really strong in this. Did she win like MVP for me? I forget. I thought it was. The, I remember I picked the special effects. I think, right? I think Brittany chose her, so I was able to talk about her. Yeah, <laughs> like it was what happened. Oh, I think you but picked Bruce, way, didn't you? I went with Bruce. You're right. Yeah, but th- so then he gets to finish the movie. It just kind of. I feel like the major players hold up their bar- end of the bargains, and then the special effects have like 
I don't think they've aged too bad. No. Like, there's still, like, a zany, like, fun concept It almost works on. in a cartoony way now. Like, we're... Yeah, it was always a little over the top with, like, the giant hole and Goldie Hawn and everything. It's crazy, but it looks intentional. Like, I, I remember this when I was a kid. Like, I remember watching these 3D scenes, and I never really think I thought that was a real dinosaur. But I think I thought, like they they made a cartoon look realistic you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i think that's what 90s special effects is best looked at as is like they made cartoons look realistic until we get to the turn of the century where then all of a sudden we're like oh that could actually be there you know what like i mean just there's yeah less and less of a line drawn or whatever yeah whereas yeah this is kind of exaggerated reality or something yeah so and it, it works it with works that nice. way too right like it works it's like the mask with Jim Carrey where, like, the the cartoony CGI works to mass benefit. I think this works to this movie's benefit. Mm-hmm. So. And it won a trophy and everything, so uh, I felt good about that. Sydney Pollock's a little bit. It's fun stuff. I don't know. We just had a, we just had a fun night with it. Good. And uh, sorry about the windshield wipers revelation. I didn't mean to take that away from oh, you. Oh, I know. So uh, bummed. But, because I was yeah. like, that was going to be, like, that was going to be my saving grace. It's like, hey, at least be- there's this hook I can hang my hat on. And I was like, no, that was real. It's like, oh, falling. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, I was pretty bummed about that because I – that still seems like the most. To be fair, though, they could have still put that there because that might be the most bougie accessory you could have on a car at that point. Yeah, so it's like someone was at a dealership and was like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" And then included it in the story. <laughs> they included like, of course, we're gonna have a shot because they did choose to have a shot of that being the water being wiped away, not the windshield wiper. So yeah, that was a choice. I think there's, they still there's made. still comic elements there but it, it's unfortunately our stupid reality not yeah. like an imagination <laughs> not, the movies, not the movie's fantasy <laughs> yeah. that they're, we're living in um yeah great i, I kind of figured this was how the bash was gonna go like we flopped four and one with each other at some point i was gonna like phantom was certainly a contender for number one but i think it just didn't have that extra like landed at the perfect night kind of oh sure yeah it wasn't on, the, so. the perfect experience and that's where like, I mean, e- Phantom was ne- probably never going to overtake E.T., but I can't say more how much E.T. was a movie I needed to see, like, when I saw it. Or it or it has that thing of, like, when it's just long enough that you forget a little bit of the movie sure. again, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's a little fresh again. Yeah. That was Death Becomes Her. I kind of forgot how the last act plays out. To be fair, so yeah. I, I got to I, that's a point fair. where it was interesting again. I always kind of forget about the party scene and how it finalizes, like how the fin- like how it gets to the finish line. Yeah. Not the finish line. I always remember the church scene, but I always forget how they get to the finish line. And all like, specifically what happens to Bruce's character and how. Yeah. Like I always kind of get fuzzy. So it was like, oh right, that. Oh yeah, yeah. the window and Jim yeah. Morrison. I forgot this bit. Yeah. So it was. It had a little thing there still. So yeah. Um. Okay. So Ashley's number one. I think this is the one movie we're also agreeing upon. Uh, is um, the other yeah, Steven Spielberg I mean, pick from this batch, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? That's right. That's right. That's also where I put it. Um, and yeah, it kind of worked out as a nice like Spielberg double feature up front for the batch. Yeah. was like, hey, we just watched this early 80s classic of his. Now let's watch a late 80s <laughs> classic of his. 
haha, we. So yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and in all fairness to and us, and then we sandwiched Fablemans. Well, so I mean, like, everything. in all fairness to us, who we normally like curate these these podcast batches, we didn't curate this one. Like, this was just like the answers that our wives gave us was like. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. but it worked out. It worked yeah. Out. Uh, it's a it's a great movie. It's I. You, you, I know you and I have had this chat on the podcast where you kind of like you still lean more a little towards the Raiders is still like your like go to indie like number one. I think it just ha- it makes Indiana Jones the coolest he ever is. Is, is sure in that okay movie. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I I lean more because I appreciate that this movie reminds us that he's actually not that cool. Like, he is kind of still a... <laughs> like, him being paired with his dad is a fun recipe for so- another movie of fun. Like, it's Oh, it's yeah. Well, because stuff. it's yeah. like, you're, you you can tell in the first two movies, Indy thinks he's cool, and then all of a sudden, all you need is his dad to show up to remind us that, like, no, no, he was Junior. a baby one yeah. time, and he needed someone to wipe his bum. Like, he was... He's just a kid to somebody. We named the dog Indiana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, yeah, they, they rib him a little bit. And, and I kind of I kind of think it works really well. And I, I think... Like, I know the comedy's already there in the first two movies, but, like, this movie really shines, uh, like, Harrison's comedic chops. Like, really, really puts a good solid spotlight on how funny he can be. And mm-hmm. uh, and Sean Connery as well. Um, yeah. The comedy in this movie is kind of like... it's. The... I, think, I think the big takeaway from this movie was, like, appreciating Sean Connery a little more. Yeah. Uh... I've been reading this, the name of the Rose, which I know he appears in the adaptation of, and I'm excited to watch that, but I'm like picturing him as I'm reading it okay. as this like detective monk or whatever. It's like, this is great casting. I don't know how the movie pulled it off, but well, that's the thing. And I, it's weird. Sean Connery is a guy like in my mind, I've never been able to reconcile this. I don't think he's a great actor, but I like him a lot. I feel like he kind of figured out what he can and can't do. That's what like I mean. He's not, he, it's sort of like a John Wayne where he has a narrow range. That's what but he, he has. Kind a, he's of not found a chameleon. What he is good at. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a chameleon. Any role has to incorporate. Oh, no. Like it's like this Russian uh, submarine commander is now this Scottish. Every role has to right. somehow accommodate the fact that he is going to have an, a Scottish brogue accent. <laughs> Like, he just has so much more, like, he has so much authority, and he's tall and everything. Like, he commands the screen still, yeah. and you kind of just get, forgive how not Russian he and is. And to be fair, they do a do <laughs> yeah. a, uh, they do a pretty solid job in that one sequence where they, they go from Russian to English in a pretty sw- slick way. Sure, to kind of make the narrative play to English audiences. Yeah. Like, but then... No, we, you get it. They're talking Russian, but we're not going to do subtitles this whole movie. Come on. But then, like, even movies like Entrapment, where you're just, like... That was a big movie, and it was like Sean Connery being teamed up with the new hot young stuff, Catherine Zeta-Jones, but they were like 40 years difference, and that movie was about them sizzling on screen together. Like, it was... Yeah, it's it's like sex symbol status, but also it being creepy, but I don't know. I Like, to his credit, I also give him major points for being in one of the worst, silliest things like scenes ever in the avengers oh, like, okay with, yeah yeah with uh uma thurman and uh ray fines yeah he's just in this giant teddy bear outfit <laughs> commanding this like evil meeting and it's like i like that he can do this like he can he can not take himself seriously and there's evidence here well that and that's he that's ashley's opinion silly yeah that's ashley's opinion of league of extraordinary gentlemen she really it's, likes that movie 
for that like sure. it's dumb and stupid and everyone seems to understand that but the audience like perhaps i i still have your copy that you ridded yourself of yeah i'm (laughs) one of the audience members who was just like this is too dumb and stupid but i also read the book so and i was like oh this doesn't have to be dumb and stupid how fall how far this has fallen from grace or whatever like yeah yeah it doesn't have to be dumb and stupid but anyways no but yeah it has me curious to like look at some bits i've missed i know he worked with lumet a lot over many decades yeah so there's like things on that list i want to look into uh, where like a director that can like challenge him just a little bit and explore a couple avenues. Sure. Like I almost might compare him to a Harrison of his era where he's like good at some things, but not others. Like I wouldn't buy, like I don't really buy Harrison as the villain in what lies beneath very well. Like okay. that's like outside of his grasp, yeah. you know, because he's just, he's, he's created such an iconic image that it's, it's hard for him to get out of that. Like he's the good guy. Like he's the hero something like and i you know i've seen like fireproof and hollywood homicide like he he has limits and he's bad at things oh yeah too you know yep for sure but i think i think uh yeah that, that's a fair point uh, but he his peaks still are like when he figures it out his peaks are pretty high though sure is his thing because there's some people like they they do they have their thing they do their thing but i don't think their peaks are as high as people think that there are but i think harrison fords are pretty high peaks Mm -hmm. um yeah um yes either way that's our yeah that's a lot of good things in last crusade uh and hey indiana jones coming back dial of destiny this was all a secret ad so here's the the thing okay i have a question (laughs) for you naturally when i figured out that we were going to be ranking and at least i was going to talk about indy for last and i figured it was going to be your number one um sure yeah Mads Mikkelsen, man, th- what a perfect choice for, for a, Nazi? a severe villain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Indiana Jones can exist outside of the 1980s? Is the question I saw posed to the internet recently, and that was on the back of like the internet thinks the previous one was not good. Yeah. So that to them, the evidence is like, no, it can exist outside of the 80s. Will this new movie be worth anything? I, I feel that's like a narrow look at well, okay because there's also video games there's also books there's also that TV show yeah. uh, so if you kind of like just allow it to be this era of a high adventuring I think you can still have a hero like this battling the forces of evil I, and whatnot like I I, I think there's still you. room for that yeah I don't know if you can successfully baton pass like a indiana jones to like a mutt williams or like phoebe waller bridge in this movie yeah. or whatever like if you can like hand off you'd have to like, do some pretty remarkable, somebody. pretty remarkable yeah. work to make that happen or just yeah like someone everybody's on board with and wants to see continue to adventure you know and would be Disney, like a core point lucasfilm has already said i mean at this point they've said they're not going to recast and play younger for the future of indiana jones Oh, weird. Okay. Oh, right. So you're not going to have, like, a reboot with, like, Indiana Jones It wouldn't even be a reboot. It would be just, like, he probably went on adventures in the decades that they didn't make Indiana Jones movies. Sure. It was just, like, the more adventures of Indiana Jones with a younger actor. Um, They said that they're not going to do that. And yet they seem like they're edging towards an idea that there will be more of this universe 
So the the hint is Phoebe Waller-Bridge now. Sure. But I don't have enough of her character to be like, is this possible? Because I thought Shia was like a shoe-in because this is peak Shia, 2008. 2008, yeah. And that nothing happened from that. That got like rebuffed yeah. kind of by humanity i guess despite the 800 million dollars <laughs> yes. uh that that was a and the, like the not massive drop off at the box office like the sure, doing sure. well every yeah, week, no, so. total <laughs> i don't know uh man i'm trying to think if you like move his brand of adventuring into like the 70s and 80s like what is he dealing with like i don't want any jones versus the war on drugs or something yeah i think you gotta you gotta keep it within now that we- I I th- I think this movie might have a bridge into like that seventies panic around escaped Nazis. I think you know? this is like that could be a, th- a factor. I think this like one's going to take place in the late sixties. Man, though. okay. I think okay. it's still like, um, but I think we're going to work backwards now. If we go for, we can't go forward. I think there's. I think you're right though that there is space within to have high adventure films. Box office might disagree with us because, like, Tintin didn't do well. No, Uncharted didn't yeah. do great. That might be because the movie wasn't great either. But Tomb Raider, like, the one, the reboot from 2018 didn't do great. Maybe, like... I mean, National Treasure was kind of this recipe in a in a way that people, I think, kind of like, but also ironically joke around with, like, the, I'm going to steal the Constitution or whatever. Yeah, like, no, I the think... Declaration of Independence. It's like, ha, ha, ha. I think there's like, genuine talk. No, but that talk. was a fun adventure, right? There's genuine like, talk. fun. There's, I mean, there's emotional investment in me for me there for there to be a third one because I love Nick Cage. But there's yeah. actual talk of a third one happening. But I'm like, well, that, that would that be... a show that just came out, right? Yeah. That would be a good litmus test to see, is there a space for this, like... One like A to B like to C to D MacGuffin based yeah. adventuring that doesn't have anything to do with Dan Brown. Yes, like, just keep him away, because beat him he, away with the stick, get him it, out of man. here. We watched yeah. the first two movies again because I was like, I kind of want to watch Angels and Demons, but Ashley wanted to watch D- D- Da Vinci Code, so okay. we watched them, and I was like, this is so soul sucking. Like it's so soulless for all the things that should work about it. Yeah, man, like I'm a bigger, I'm like a borderline Ron Howard apologist compared to you, <laughs> yeah. and I couldn't handle those. Like I watched like 40 minutes of the first one. I was like, no, my soul is getting sucked out. I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> to be fair, the and, first like, one is worse. Something else. The second one it is it has a motocrim better. Because I like Jean Renault and everything. I couldn't, I couldn't hang on. The yeah. second one has a motocrim better because it has the most ludicrous. I knew this was happening. Where like it was, it's you and McGregor stealing the Pope hood. Like it's like oh. This is amazing. Like, this is so dumb and so stupid. And they're going to do it. Like, they're going to commit to, like, him heisting the Pope Hood to do How stupid How do you things. do that? Like, how oh, you Nathan. con a bunch of cardinals? No, like, you, you trick the world into thinking that you are a, a saint. Oh. Among them. Yeah. All right. I know. What a, what uh, a After you kill the Pope is. in this movie, too. Anyway, so I didn't watch the third one is the big thing, Inferno. Inferno. But, like, yeah. guess what? Han- Tom Hanks is there the whole time. He made a movie with <laughs> no, it, It's definitely just like, what the heck was Tom Hanks doing between, like, this and this? Like, what do you mean? Like, a trilogy of big adventure movies that were international hits. Oh, yeah. No, decreasingly international hits. Decreasingly. Yeah. <laughs> to the yeah. point where Inferno didn't make money. Sure. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it... I just I wonder if those movies ruined the MacGuffin a bit because nothing seems to have re- rebounded. 
like that formula yeah. hasn't hasn't had a new version. I, I haven't. I I mean, I'm generally for it. I've liked a lot of those types of movies, but I feel like too, it's like a concern I have with this one going in. And I'm an I'm a James Mangold apologist. Like I've generally liked his movies to date, uh, but I'm nervous yeah. that like this Spielberg less movie, George Lucas less movie is gonna be the same. Like it's gonna miss a little bit of a. A sheen or something I don't to know. it? Or? In my mind. Okay. But I also didn't yeah. dislike Kingdom of Crystal Skull, so I'm also sitting on this weird fence of, like, who, they're probably not trying to make a movie for me because I got that and nobody else wanted it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But, it comes uh, out. But, yeah. hey, uh, I saw in the notes we don't have a question. I do have a question if you wanted to do one. Oh, I actually did add one, but oh, sure, great. if no, you no. want to. If you have one, I have. I also have questions, but if you didn't always have a question. No, you can you can ask it if you, it's okay. Okay. Uh, who is an actor or director you have a lot of grace for? Oh. Meaning, they are often God. they they often can be bad or make bad movies, but you still like just root for them or you enjoy them, even though you know they're not. Like you know. Like hey, I can't I defend guess so. this. Oh, okay. Well, like the initial impulse is like, well, Nicolas Cage has been in some very checkered stuff. Oh yes. But we like how he's going about it generally. Yeah. That I, said, I, I have like pay the ghost and stuff, and I haven't like had the inkling to be like, no, I should see what this is about. No. Okay. <laughs> so know? I guess it is. Nicolas Cage is a solid example because yeah. though I can sit here and defend Mandy. I don't know if I can defend mom and dad. Not really, no. It has a trashy fun to it. That's and what I, I mean. like. Uh, I know it's bad. Spirit of Vengeance, which is one of the same exactly. directors, right? Uh, I know uh, it's Ghost bad, Rider, to be clear. But I'm not going to go and be like, hey, man, this is art. I'm like, no, it's not art. That's not art. I'm not watching art right now. Not really, no. But I can. I, but so I, Nicholas Cage is a guy. That's a super safe choice for us. I'm trying yes. to think of someone further afield. Well, like, while you're uh, thinking, let me talk a little bit about Nick Cage. Because I there okay. is one performance that I think I can per, like defend that would be pretty trashy for a lot of people because I was so kind of like amazed by his choices in Willy's Wonderland that I was just like, oh man, nobody else would have chosen to do the things he wanted to do in Willy's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like there's a little bit of – in a movie that had – if that movie had like 50 million more dollars and came out – a few years later that movie might have had this iconography that i don't think we would have like i think people would have gravitated towards in a cult way because of his choices of like being silent he is there's never a fear that he's going to get killed in this place like there's so many like antithesis things to a this type of movie that nick cage is bringing to this character that Mm -hmm. i just just like oh this is like in my mind it's like snake plissken or like a John Carpenter level of like goofiness that like we never really worry about this character because we know he'll be fine. Cause of course he is, he's bigger than life. And sure. And there's nothing but confidence from that guy. And like, he's, yeah. He's and execution no too. We're like those robots. He literally is like fighting a robot and then his watch goes off and he goes and takes a break. Cause he's just Get so unfazed by what's happening. <laughs> I don't sure. know. Like again, like if this movie was a bigger release with more money and better people behind the camera, with the same choices. I, I just don't think that, like, there's a lot of people that could make that movie anything. 
Like, sure. you know, like there'd be a lot of people you could sub in. Like we were talking about like Bill Pullman versus Alec Baldwin and Beetlejuice. It's like, oh, whatever. Like that's a trade up. Maybe lateral, but it was Nick Cage nothing. that wanted to make him silent, though. That's the key. He yeah, was a written okay. character before Nick Cage was like, oh, I'll do this movie if you take away all my lines of dialogue. As like a challenge. And it's more of like I saw he saw it as like a yeah fun thing. So I mean you're right. Other people could probably do that movie, but they probably would have spoken lines. Right. Need that crutch. I think to so. Seem confident. Anyways, yeah. so I was like, no, the way that guy plays pinball, you know he's real. <laughs> yeah. Something. Uh, but I'm trying to. There's there's got to be some less like like I kind of pull for Richard Dreyfus for some reason <laughs> yes, a little you bit. Do. Yeah, you do. Like I I I think I just bonded with his jaws character a lot and then it's like i'm here for matt hooper forever and it's like oh but he's not very good in this and this like no, no, no yeah he's trying he's figuring it out yeah. he's best actor winner I leave him alone he knows what he's doing sure uh so yeah he's on kind of a list of like you know i mean to watch the stakeout films and look a little more lost in yonkers things gotcha. that maybe you shouldn't watch but i'm, I'm still curious mr holland's opus we, you know what? You've landed right on a key film for that. I grew up in a household that thought that movie was awesome. I also, My mom loved that movie. I, I also grew so, up in a household that thought that movie was awesome. My parents loved that movie. And I think enough movie. of it rubbed off and just like, no, Richard Dreyfus is great. And, and I then, yeah. rejected it immediately. I was like, guys, this is <laughs> not good, mom and dad. But I was older than you when we saw it live and I, and we, like, I was – I was like nine or yeah, something. Yeah, and I think like I was got 12 on that or 13, so I was in the space where I think, like, I'd seen, I think I'd jumped, I think I had seen it at nine, I would have been, it would have been that perfect era of, like, I can handle this amount of cheese, and it'd be fine. Uh, yeah, that is such a maudlin drama yeah. of, like, no real import, no. but at the same time, it's like, oh my god, if you're gonna cast anybody as, like, this nosy vice principal, like, William H. Macy is yeah. killing it, <laughs> and, you know, like, there, there's little things that I still think are pretty great. But it is such a G shucks like oh yeah. aw, well he's aw, he's a Frank Capra he's a, sim- <laughs> sort of a symphony composer with a deaf daughter like that's his struggle D- deaf son and deaf son, how do you like, how do you bridge that yeah. and everything it's like wow this is, this is all right yeah. but uh, okay but here's okay now so important I'm happy I'm happy to to put Richard Dreyfus on this list for you but he is an Oscar nominated actor and just like Nick Cage we can defend Nick Cage people can mm-hmm. defend Richard Dreyfus. I'm talking about like, do you have any in like, like for well, me, it's like Fast Paul and the Walker. Furious, where yeah. I'm like, I like those movies. I'm not going to tell you that they're good in any way, but I like them. Sure. And I like them to the point where it's like, even the stupid namings of those movies makes me like it a little bit more. Like how there is no. I mean, those those are big hit movies, though. Yeah, but you know, but nobody's yeah. making art arguments. No. Give me, give me a little bit yeah. here. So another one for me would be Paul Walker. You kind of just said him as I was. Uh, I don't know why, but like he shows up in something and I just like him. I don't know. I'm supposed to hate him sometimes, but I still like him. And I really appreciate his effort. We made this joke last week. I, I He's like the hardest working bad actor in Hollywood where he's like really, really wants to be a good actor. So he mm-hmm. does really intense line reads, but like just with a lot of energy, but not necessarily good energy. But I'm like, it's a, it's a strange one because of so many things have transpired over the last like 16 years. But uh, Elliot Page now, oh, okay, I I was like there for smart people and like Tracy fragments yeah. and like 
kind of dicey, not great movies because I liked Hard Candy so much. Sure. Like I was like, oh, I'm looking for the next like that level thing. Uh, I have not gotten – like, Brittany is into the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. So, like, keeping tabs on the new projects. But I – is Elliot Page in anything coming up? Like – Like, big movies? Like, there's rumors like that movies? Elliot might be uh, – what was it? There was rumors at one point that Elliot might replace Ezra Miller in The Flash. That would be really something. <laughs> But is that a real rumor? No, or is that, fans that was just like that's like balls? when somebody makes wish fulfillment a rumor type of thing. Okay, great. Yeah, because um, yeah, I, like post transition, I I haven't really like kept up with like new stuff, and there's not very much. Yeah, right? that's what I mean. I don't actually just I just don't think that they also didn't do much post transition. Sure, like they've, but they've... I but even like there were some bad ones that I was still curious about. Like there's that uh, what's what's the one. <laughs> Inception. It's like a Joel Schumacher film, Flatliners. Flatliners. Like the new Flatliners. I was still like, maybe I might, I might, I might have to check this out. Okay. I might, I might put a pin in this. I might still look at it, kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, they were um, they were on a short list of people. I was like, like ignoring the tomato meter completely, and just like, no, I'm on board. I'm that sold. cast is like, is crazy. It's got Diego Luna in it. It's the Flatliners. Yeah. Like reboot. Okay. Um. I do have one for you if if you like I thought of one for you. But these are thus far all best actors. No, I know. I have one that's like not means. good that you could like yeah, that okay. you generally like killer dolls or killer robots. Like you seem to like robots. Like you were excited I do like for robots. For Megan, yeah. you liked Child's Play, but like the bad one? I did kind of like the bad one. So maybe Mark Hamill in some weird way. <laughs> Was it just you know. Mark Hamill though that got you through that one? No, no, I was interested. Like Aubrey Plaza as the like crabby mom. I was curious how that would go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I don't hate that movie. I just think it it falls so short of realizing like the potential of having a networked evil doll with other evil dolls. Yeah. I was like, oh, final act of this movie is fifty Chuckies. I mean, come on. And then it's like, yeah, we can't afford to do that. <laughs> like it's like oh Maybe the sequel that never happened. But um Maybe the sequel that will never happen is where yeah. And I'm a big Duriff guy, too, for some reason. I just think he's fun. That's what I mean. So I feel like uh, there's definitely <laughs> – like, no one's going to sit and make arguments that Child's Play is art. So that's, like – that could be guilty pleasure. Because I know when the Megan trailer came out, before critics were immediately on board – Before the turnaround or whatever, yeah. I was just like, oh, sold immediately. Yeah, like, sold immediately. Like, give me stupid killer doll movie. Done. I'm on board with that movie. I think, yeah, I, I kind of like that Telly Savalas, like, Twilight Zone episode with an evil doll. And, like, The Simpsons was riffing on that. Sure. So, like, just inherently, I think that's just a great horror idea. Because we saw, like, uh, we ended up seeing ones. Annabelle 3 together, right? Yeah. Because that one, that I was, one on was like a. Because, like, horror house. Like a haunted like, house with a werewolf, like, nonsense movie we saw. Well, like, this beacon that's activating all the evil stuff in that house, that's a great idea. That is a good idea. I I wish they went all the way, big budget, everything, but oh well, I'll I'll take it. I mean, there still was a werewolf in a Conjuring film, like, that's... There was, like, a Shogun armor. (laughs) There was enough silly things going on in that movie. Uh, That franchise, actually, I appreciate because it goes dramatically from, like, two is genuinely a scary movie to three, which is just... That that was actually one of the selling points for me in Resident Evil Eight, the video game, because there's like an evil dolls section that was like, okay. oh good, I want to see that. Yeah, and oh, it, was, it was pretty good. Welcome to Raccoon City, 
<laughs> you had you had a good experience with this terrible. I movie. had a fun time. Yeah, but I was like, I don't you know also that have any that one actor in that is my like. Oh, well, I, I was light. I was pretty clear. I should I should have add film into it, not just actor director, but like. It could be a oh, film franchise. Oh, it's like a subject or a... Oh, okay. Or something Kaiju like, movies, then. That's like, I'll watch the worst kaiju movie and still find something. Oh, yeah, I mean, okay. it's just a cool. fundamentally great idea. Did you watch Pacific Rim Uprising eventually? I watched the second one. Is that the second that's one? That's the second one, yeah. Yeah, and that, it's pretty good. Okay. It's better than a lot of movies because it's about giant monsters. Okay, cool, because <laughs> that might be a good line to understand, like, your thought process because i hated that movie oh yeah so much better than any romantic comedy that exists because inherently it is about giant monsters but it's like, it's just, it's so bad compared to the first one right, right up onto a different list yeah sure compared to the other one but it's a big budget like as someone who's like subsisting on like 1970s like japanese garbage for a while <laughs> like for like wow they actually got industrial light magic to like render this this is amazing okay. like what a but then, but then how come you haven't gone around oh to this watching... movie's not very good but i love seeing this how come you haven't so... got around to watching godzilla versus kong then i it i really wish the pandemic didn't happen ryan okay so it was like it was just because of the big screen i I wasn't where you were where it's like i have to drive to another state (laughs) like another province in order to see this properly i was like i can't do that like i'm not there in all fairness in all fairness it wasn't it was to see that because in my mind i was like that's something seeing the big screen but it was also just like i was it was a long run of like no movie theaters at all the last thing we had Mm -hmm. seen in theaters was mank and then before that was yeah. was uh, Tenant, and it was just like this is exhausting. Like this isn't good movie theater fare. So when that came out, I was like, that's that's kind of like a big movie I could go see. And then I got Asher to come with me because Raya was also was on the sale. I was like, okay, let's go see these movies. Let's like plan a little trip. But to then we was also just planning a trip thing. with my girlfriend at the time, right? Too. It was just like yeah, yeah, yeah. But then no, like. It's definitely something I could watch. I was thinking about it again this week. Like, I plan to see it. It's just the perfect, like, night hasn't arrived yeah, yeah, yeah. yet. Okay, whatever. okay. So, so it's not like it's, it, it's there's okay. nothing inherently in it. Oh, I, I wasn't worried about any, oh, they're not going to do this right or that. Okay. It's like, no, whatever. Like, this this has a good chance of being fun, at least. Oh, it is. Uh, even, even that second one that I wasn't, like, in love with, they're still just like, man, Rodan is screwing up these planes right now. And it's it's, like... People spent money to make this yeah, happen, that's so that's great. I, I remember, I remember watching because we watched. I think we watched both of them in theaters together. Yeah, uh, and you, I think you, you kind of agreed with me that it was like the first one was like, oh, it's all about that last fifteen minutes or so. Like, yeah, when he gets to light up his flame breath and stuff, that that's killer stuff. I also feel like in the interim, Shin Godzilla killed it. Oh, it killed so it. good for me. Was, like yeah. I was like that's what i want really yes so no and that was fair I, like i was even like forgiving to that notion of like oh toho's taking the license back it's like you know what they are doing such a better job with it with this movie that i'm okay with but that they're sharing like, screw the over legendary now. i don't care yeah but they're so. sharing the license now because there is like the guy who made godzilla versus kong is making the sequel to that one right now okay so and then uh hideaki Anno went and made shin ultraman which, which i think about. is supposed to come out imminently here I'm up for it. I mean, I, I like big things, like I said. I have Jet no Jaguar. reference point for Ultraman, though, but I do. Oh, just remember Jet Jaguar from Megalon? Yeah. That's like a ripoff of Ultraman. Okay. That's like a 10-year-old kid loved Ultraman, because drew his own Godzilla character. The guy who made Shin, Godzilla. Yeah. 
his he, like Ultraman is his number one though. That's like his dream. Project? Yeah, Godzilla okay. was like, all right, yeah, I'll make a Godzilla film if it gets me closer to making Ultraman movie type of thing. So. <laughs> That's one for them. That's the studios, so I can make Ultraman. Yeah, it's like all right, yeah. all right. Um, okay, so yeah, Giant Kaiju films is is one. Giant Monsters. Even oh, like I, to the point where it's harmful. Like I, like I'll see a terrible looking trailer for like Clash of the Titans reboot, and then it's just like unleash the Kraken. It's like. You got me a ticket. You got me. I'm in there. <laughs> that movie was so and frustrating. That movie, that monster is in there for like 11 seconds. He's in there for like, the trailer's length, like is what it he's is. He's in the trailer for seven seconds, and he's in it for four more seconds, which is him like falling over dead or whatever. It's like, no, what are you doing? Like, just have – this is why I'll give like so much leash to that extra Hellboy movie that came out. Sure. Because there's a scene where a giant flaming demon is just like walking down the street stomping on people, and it's like, yeah. Yeah. That's Have fine. Have you seen this Colossal then? You might like Colossal. Isn't it a little more dramatic? Like, it is like a little a more dramatic, but it still has like a, a giant kaiju destroying okay, places okay. around the world. Well, maybe I should put it, keep it in mind. I thought it was like an art house flick that wasn't really about that. It isn't really so about I, that, but that is a real like it's like it's more surrealist is what you we think about it. Surrealist art house. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, an example I can think of, and it's. Not everyone I defend, but I've I have watched all of his movies. Is Paul W. S. Anderson? Okay, I I haven't gone down the Death Race track or anything. Well, that's just the first that. Death Race. You never seen Death Race? I didn't see that oh, okay. Death Race. I saw I saw the Corman movie. Or gotcha. Whatever. I've seen Death Race. With, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I <laughs> saw I saw Death Race. I saw Three Musketeers. I saw Monster Hunter recently i didn't see monster hunter i've played that video game does it oh i hated it i hated it so much (laughs) all right but like he's just like almost like even though i don't like most of his movies i'm like there's enough in it that i'm like uh there's a chance i might like who knew it took to the fifth resident evil movie for me to love this franchise i i feel he's like he's better than peter hyams but he's in that situation where it's like Mm -hmm. you oh this sounds like killer material right here it's like yeah but it's paul w sanderson so it's not gonna be that good yeah he'll find a way to make it less entertaining for sure yes yeah yeah and that's that's in my mind the resident evil movies where it's like i understand from that from the game perspective i'm just saying from a film perspective there's always something off about them and then it wasn't to the fifth one where it's just like oh this is just like a like he's she's upping every level of a video game like so this is like i feel it's having fun and i'm also having fun as opposed to kind of being like this is sort of bad and like is dramatic this, they mean for this? trying to make it dramatic like it's the fifth one where he finally just stopped caring i think oh alice and all her clones yeah. i mean that would mess you up right that's crazy so anyways yeah. uh cool but there's no <clears throat> there's no like actor that you just have like a soft spot for that isn't a very good like crispin glover might be honestly a a high one up there because he isn't a great actor he is quirky and fun george mcfly was really great though i i can't say he wasn't great at that sure specifically but if right? he, that feels like him being crispin glover though. I, I guess so um <laughs> but i mean yeah I, mean, I, I guess i do have a soft spot for like i went and saw his his own directed films which are very not like a mainstream appeal don't hear me say like i think paul walker has a value but i don't think he's a great actor 
I'm not. I'm just saying sure. like Crispin Glover has a value. He's just not a great actor. I think he just he has a totally different thing going on. Sure. It's like he's not striving to be Leo or anything. Like no. that's not what he's his job. No. <laughs> you know, no. he he's just an odd oddball that's managed to find a way to stick around. So, um, and and he he did that kind of thing we were talking about with Nick Cage even like he the Thin Man in the Charlie's Angels movies. Yeah. He was like, I want this to be a weird silent character. Hundred percent as well. Like, and I think it that. works. I like the Thin Man in the Charlie's Angels movies. I've been. Yeah. I was actually thinking about the Charlie's Angels movies the other day because I was like, "Those are kind of good movies." Like, I think they're good. I think. Like, they're... do we do we therefore grant a little extra to McGee? No, because I mean, we, that was it. We went and saw This Means War. We saw This hopes. Means War, and we saw Terminator Salvation, and we were like, "But it was like, oh, no, all McGee he can do is Charlie's it. Angels." Because I also yeah. saw We Were Marshall. Like, what are we doing? Like, oh, is, did he do that? Yeah, he did. We Were Marshall. The like we're sad football movie the worst we're sad football movie ever yeah you will see clips from that in like these weird montages basketball games do of like coach speeches oh sure yeah because you have before that... the fourth quarter yeah it's like the matthew mcconaughey like hey we'll get to, we're gonna rise up or we're gonna yeah. overcome or we're gonna something right like it's and then cut to nick nolte and then cut to denzel washington cut to samuel cut jackson to coach carter cut to, and, yeah uh yeah. lucas What's it black? Guess? No. Who's the Glory Road he was in? Yeah. The bad guy in Hulk. Josh Lucas? Josh Lucas? Maybe. Right. That's a person, right? Yeah, I think so. I am you, you we obviously know who we're talking about. We just don't got the name. We just don't quite have the name. But yeah, coaches. Yeah, coaches. coach movies. Next question will be favorite coach movies, oh, but no. we're not gonna do uh, that. Because I don't this week. I like it'll probably remember the titans but that's not even a movie i like either yeah it's not a genre i'm i'm big on <laughs> but okay uh you know what kurt russell and miracle that that's also in there and i might give it to that just by default kurt russell in miracle yeah uh, miracle I, on ice or whatever i know but okay can i tell you that came out at, that was actually the movie that came out at the wrong time in my life because it was like when we were uh, when did that year that come out that was like early 2000s right 2002 or something that was like, like the year we went to salt lake city and won in the okay. winter olympics and it's so pro-american but it's a hockey movie yeah and i'm just like screw you guys like no this well is they not... won the cold war with hockey i know but like, it's like this it. is not your narrative you are not the hockey country like stop it stop <laughs> trying to trick us i so, guess so yeah. anyways all right all right that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to email some questions for future shows, email rhinoqv.ca or nathanoqv.ca. You can also reach us on co-host, Instagram, and Hive, OK Video Podcast. What's our next batch going to be about, Ryan? Well, we are going to go back to a, a solid focus. We're focusing in on one gentleman who this podcast is a massive fan of. And we're focusing on the lovable, the talented, the hilarious John Candy. Yeah, Canadian comedy hero, SCTV veteran, John Hughes collaborator, co-owner of the Toronto Argonauts at one point. It doesn't get any more Canadian than that. Yeah. Uh, although I think he was in Chicago a lot, but that's fine. He His talents were too big for one nation. He was Second City Toronto. Okay. So he was... But, I, but what's with all the Cubsery also? Because Toronto, and Chicago, Toronto and, and Chicago were like a two-hour drive. They're like brother cities? They're okay. pretty, pretty close, yeah. Okay. Uh, what are we kicking off with? Like, what's the first John Candy classic we're looking at? Well, uh, this is... Nathan and I were like, 
we have we made this batch. We wanted to include both of our like our individual favorite John Candy films. And we're kicking off with my all-time favorite John Candy film. And we're ending the batch with Nathan's all-time favorite John Candy film. But mine is Uncle Buck, and that's the one we're going to be John Hughes' Uncle Buck. I want to say written and directed yes. by John John Hughes, the Home Alone guy, if you're a kid. That's maybe. the Chris Columbus is the Home Alone guy. Uh, but he he wrote he it. He did write. You're it right. Was, this is the – It, it's made, the it made Breakfast him Club a guy. many millionaire instead of uh, – just a normal millionaire. <laughs> it's true. It didn't make him up anything. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a big smash hit. But Uncle Buck, uh, this happened before that, actually, before Home Alone. Well, but and it's, got certain Home Alone. Culkin, it's got Kel- yeah, It's got Kevin McAllister in it. Yeah, the seed of that movie is actually going to be glimpsed uh, next week. But anyway, Uncle Buck, it's a great movie. Check it out, uh, and we will discuss it next week. Until then, I'm Nathan. And I'm Ryan. Have a great week. <laughs>